she is known for being one of the most important black educators, civil and women's rights leaders, and government officials of the 20th century. Damn. Wow, that's a lot. She was close personal friends with Eleanor Roosevelt, which is why she got such a powerful platform, because Eleanor was constantly like, Franklin, you, get, get, you get have it. to listen to this woman. She's talking about things that are important. <laughs> Welcome to Broads You Should Know, the podcast about amazing and noteworthy women from history. I'm Justin Xavier. I'm Sarah Gorski. And I'm Sam Eggers. So today I am talking about Mary McLeod Bethune. Ooh. Bethune. Yeah. Or maybe it's Bethune. I, I didn't look up pronunciation guides, so I could be saying everything wrong. <laughs> Either of you heard of... Uh, no. No, uh, I don't know why that name tickles me so. I don't... It's it's a unique it sounds one. sounds like Bethune. Sounds like bassoon, but you're saying uh, bassoon. It's related I, to funny words. Yeah, I enjoy why. it. <laughs> uh, so she is known for being one of the, this is from her Wikipedia. It says she is one of the most important black educators, civil and women's rights leaders, and government officials of the 20th century. Oh, Damn. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. That is a lot. And I'll, and I'll tell you how I got around to discovering who she was because I was perusing Facebook yesterday. Uh, still, I still had not decided who I was going to be doing today. <laughs> and I stumbled upon this article that was about the world's first ever all-black American army battalion that fought in World War II. I clicked on it and I was reading about it and I was like, oh, this is amazing. Maybe I'll just do an episode on this battalion rather than focusing on one woman. Like we had never done that before, but I was like, oh, that'd be interesting. And then I found an article that said that the reason this battalion existed is because of one woman in particular, who was Mary McLeod Bethune. And I was like, I got to look up who that is. And she did 150 million other cool things with her life too. Oh my so, gosh, I can't wait to learn about her, Justin. So she's also known for founding the National Council for Negro Women in 1935 and its journal, the Afro-American Women's Journal, which I loved that title, yeah. Afro-American. Oh, I like that. Love it. Uh, she was appointed to be a national advisor to President Franklin Roosevelt, which is where she created the Federal Council on Negro Affairs, a.k.a. the Black Cabinet. She coined the name the Black Cabinet, and she was also the only woman in the cabinet, but it was just like a group of black officials who had a say in the government, like as long as FDR was president. Bad ass. But she was close personal friends with Eleanor Roosevelt, which is why she got such a powerful platform, because Eleanor was constantly like, Franklin, you, get, get, you get. have to listen to this woman. She's talking about things that are important. And FDR was like, but there's a war. It's more important. And Eleanor was like, no, you're going to you're going to focus on this. She knew what was what she did. She did. And also, she was the vice president of the NAACP. Mm -hmm. Gosh. And she paved the way again for women to join the U.S. Army. So she never slept? Not ever. <laughs> no. She did a million things. So I separated this out into three sort of sections. I did her early life, then I talked a little bit about the Black Cabinet, and then I talked about the Women's Auxiliary Army Corps. Mm -hmm. So I'll just break those down uh, yeah. in order. Let's do it. So she was born shortly after the end of slavery. She was born in 1875. Uh, her parents had been slaves. And then 
it said that by age nine, she could pick 250 pounds of cotton a day. That is so much cotton. It's so much cotton. And I was like, wait, so they were still working on the plantation, which was common. A lot of slaves just went back to work. But then I saw this fact. Her mother was working for her former owner until she could afford to buy the land on which they were growing cotton. So then it was actually her cotton farm. So even though Mary was working as a child and like picking cotton and doing the whole stereotypical slave work it was her cotton cotton, and it built them an empire i wonder how common that was which part the like a family of being able to to buy the land i can't imagine it was that common no actually i think it was actually fairly common i think that was actually part of the proclamation i wonder the people were supposed to be given a parcel of land now not everybody did because Right. Assholes. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering if some people were. Well, that's like why Lincoln was assassinated was because he was going to try to give too much land to black people. Mm. Well, there were a lot of reasons. Well, yeah. <laughs> but that was a piece of it. Oh, R.I.P. Abraham Lincoln. This isn't about him, though. No, this isn't about him. This is about Mary. And they made. you said they made a lot of money. Like, they really. Oh, it. yeah. But by the end of, oh, yeah. of her life, they had like an empire. It was amazing. Yes. But that's how it works. You know, you have to own something and then you can grow wealth. Yeah. If you don't own something, you can't do it. Mm-mm. Yeah. So she graduated from the Scotia Seminary, which was a North Carolina boarding school in 1894. And then she went to the Dwight Moody Eisenhower. Oh, no. The sorry, I said Dwight and then I wanted to say Eisenhower. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, like it's a little early. Dwight uh-huh. Moody's Institute for Home and Foreign Missions in Chicago. Yeah, that's the Moody Bible Institute is what it is now. Yeah. Missions like like going like into the Christian mission. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. You heard of you heard of Moody Bible Institute? I've never heard of Moody Bible Institute. No. It's right there on um, Chicago Avenue. No. Right downtown. I hadn't heard of it either. Well, now we know. <laughs> I lived in Chicago. Chicago. And then you guys. <laughs> you know more about Chicago than us. All right. Yeah. We used to go to like concerts and stuff down there when I was a kid. Oh, okay. They had like, a, they have a big music department. Oh. Yeah. Good the to name, know. The name Moody is a, a prominent one in the Christian circles, if you will. Oh. Okay. So it was back then too. I didn't realize it was that old. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. So no church would sponsor her to be a missionary. And I found that interesting. And I didn't know if that was racially motivated. I couldn't really find any information like on it. She was it. trying to go be a missionary. She w- wanted to be a missionary and no church would sponsor her. Is that a gender thing as well, though? I wonder if <coughs> maybe traditionally hmm. it's men sent into situations. Maybe they bring their families. But maybe at that time women weren't sent to do the work. But I'm talking out of my ass. I don't have <laughs> I don't know. It could be both. Or it yeah. also could be wherever, like, maybe they were. Yeah, I don't know. This is late where she wanted to go. 1890s. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> so instead of becoming a missionary, she became a teacher, which really kind of set the course for the direction her life took after that. Because she wouldn't accomplish any of this if she'd been out of the country doing missions. She would have had a whole different trajectory. But so she married a fellow teacher. They had a son together in 1899. I don't know if they divorced. What I saw, the article just said that their marriage ended in 1904. So I assume it was a divorce, but I also know divorce wasn't super common. And also they were religious. So maybe they just separated. Not sure. She she did keep his last name throughout the rest of her life. That was where she got the Bethune part. But he didn't die. I didn't find out what happened to him. He could have died. He could have. Yeah, just said the marriage ended. It's a really nice way of saying it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's just say the marriage. <laughs> he probably didn't die if it says <laughs> I imagine he's dead by now. <laughs> I imagine. Um, 
So after the marriage ended, she was desperate to try to figure out how to support their son. So she opened her own boarding school, which was the Daytona Beach Literary and Industrial School for Training Negro Girls, which eventually became a college and merged with the all-male Cookman Institute and became the Bethune-Cookman College in 1929. Wow. Wow. This is in Florida? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. And she became very politically activated. As soon as women were able to vote, 1920, she started leading voter registration drives, uh, specifically for women and black women as much as possible. I get it. Mm Mm-hmm. She's like the Stacey Abrams of her time. Hell yeah. Which eventually led to her forming, in 1935, the National Council for Negro Women. Somehow that National Council gained the attention of the Roosevelt administration, FDR, and so she became an official advisor to the to the president. Um, awesome. And as I said, Frank FDR believed that racial inequality was too small a concern to discuss during wartime. But Eleanor Roosevelt made sure that they were being listened to. FDR. I know. It's all about Eleanor. Did you guys watch the Roosevelt uh, miniseries documentary that was on PBS? No. No. It is phenomenal. And I don't want to shit on FDR because I think he's, we you can, know, great. He's he's, great. he's done well, great I things. I him a little but bit. Watching it, I was like, <laughs> I mean, like, everyone already loves Eleanor Roosevelt, but watching it, I'm like, oh, right. Like, she's the real, she's the real badass. Mm-hmm. They talk a little bit. They don't mention um, uh, Mary McLeod Bethune by name, uh, but they do talk a little bit about um, the work with African-American community back then and that really it was Eleanor who's pushing it and she was really concerned with poverty and inequality. Um, it's really cool. So anybody listening should go watch it. And also Meryl Streep does the voice of Eleanor Roosevelt. <laughs> and it is so absurd. She's like, oh, Franklin. <laughs> I do feel okay shitting on Meryl Streep. That's punching up. <laughs> yeah, you can punch up. She, she's doing better than all of us. She's doing fine. She has all the Oscars. She doesn't yes. need our compliments. <laughs> You have a pretty good impression of her, though. Oh. That was pretty good scene. Yeah, it was. And the it, look on your face too. You had this Meryl face, like this Meryl. It, face. it was kind of channeling like her Julia Child performance. <laughs> it kind of was, which I really enjoyed. <laughs> yeah, that was a cute movie. That anyway, was really off topic. That was back. It's fine. Mary we can on, go Mary. on tangents. Back to Mary. One of the things that I made a note of specifically with FDR was that he declined to support legislation that would make lynching a federal offense. And also ban poll taxes in the South. So not a great look. He declined. He to declined to support the legislation that would to get make rid of the poll tax. I love the word yeah. declined. Like he was offered it and he went. I don't, th- I don't think I'm going to support this. What a crock of shit. Yeah. And it was because he was like trying to stay good and stay in power with the Southern Democrats who were like Ugh, proposing assholes. all these horrific legislations against the black community. Which they succeeded in doing to this day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it, Why am I laughing? It's and I have a, like a little bit of details about like how specifically these Southern Democrats like worked in ways into the New Deal that would specifically target against the black community and against supporting them in any way. Like, for example, the Agricultural Adjustment Administration supported farmers, but that meant only farm owners and not farm workers. And in fact, farmers were incentivized to produce less food. So they cut workers' hours or just hired less people on. So it just, like, specifically was targeting the South and the type of work that black people were doing to, like, hurt them. 
disenfranchisement. Mm-hmm. But the the black cabinet again. Mary was the only woman, but the younger men in the in the cabinet, which wasn't an official cabinet or an official designation, but it was just like we are a collective of all of the black people who have a say in government at this point. Mm-hmm. And Mary was kind of the like sort not official leader, but kind of the leader, and like recruited people. Uh, the younger members called her Ma. Hmm. And they worked together to ensure that blacks received 10% of welfare because 10% is their percentage of the population and they were not receiving 10%. And so they made it a, a point so that 10% of the amount of welfare went to black people. Yes. Oh, wow. Mary was also the only member of the black cabinet who had White House access because of her personal friendship with Eleanor Roosevelt, uh, which began at a luncheon where Eleanor gave her the seat immediately to the right of the president, a.k.a. the seat of honor. And Mary was like, "Okay, okay, we can do this. (laughs) Justin, I'm still processing what you said before that about like how the black people were not receiving any of the welfare Mm -hmm. government. I didn't know that. It was just like crazy. Yeah, because they targeted it to... They just gave it to white people. Right. Like you couldn't... They rigged the system so that the type of work that white people were doing... Sorry, I'm totally dialing it back here, but that was like, took me a minute to absorb there. That's like, God, white people are the worst. Oh, yeah. (laughs) White supremacy has been a big issue for such a long time. Such a long time, but I had no idea. And we're still dealing with the ramifications of it. And we still have so many people who just like refuse to acknowledge that it happened. And they're like, these alleged sins of our so-called ancestors like all these weird things they say well it's like when people are i don't know about you guys but every once in a while i hear like a rant from somebody about like reparations aren't necessary and i'm like you don't know anything Mm -hmm. about history Mm. and about the giant crock of shit that's been dumped on black people and poor people like throughout history it's crazy if you follow the money you can see the real story there you go because it's not going where it should be. But wait, you see, was that number even right? 10%? There were more than 10% of black. America was more than... More than 10% black? Yeah, that's... Maybe not at the time. Well, or at I've least, heard well... i that number before. That number sounds familiar. Yeah, but I've maybe... heard that too. It's It does seem low. So maybe, well, maybe the census numbers just weren't that's a good right. very thorough. Uh, and or maybe the census didn't count people who were enslaved and... Probably not. And and it probably also doesn't count, like, people in prison. In some way, the system was rigged to get this number. I mean, and I'm glad she got the 10% for that. Right. And much in the same way that, like, number. they were pushing so hard to, for the in the next census to ask the question, like, are you a U.S. citizen? Specifically because they wanted Mexicans to not self-report as even yeah. being here. Right. So, like, I'm sure there were things in the questionnaire. And, and black people mostly at the time, or not maybe not mostly, but a lot of them were illiterate. Yeah. So if you show up with a census and you're like, fill out this form. And, and if you have to sign it and people didn't have signatures. Right. So who knows? I love Mary. I love her. <laughs> Mary's great. So here, the, this I'm getting to the Women's Auxiliary Army Corps. And I only found one source, a, a site called facetofaceafrica.com that actually credits Mary with the idea for letting women into the military. It se- kind of seems like there were a few people pushing for it at the same time because we were low on soldiers and all the men were dying in the war because what a horrible war. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it said that she specifically appealed to Eleanor Roosevelt due to a shortage of soldiers to allow black women into the military specifically. Wow. Which branch of the military? Or all of them? Uh, the army. The army. 
Yeah, and yeah. They, they started the Women's Auxiliary Army Corps, which was just to like train people, train women specifically, just in case they were needed. Eventually, they officially became a part of the army. They dropped the auxiliary from the name and became the Women's Army Corps in July of 1942. Cool. And they were given full military benefits. And that was the big thing that they were like fighting and pushing for is like they need equal military pay. They need all the military benefits. They were like trying to underpay them. Yeah. They were they were trying to say like, well, you're not really a part of the military. So like. And they were like, fuck, no, we do all the same fucking push ups. Everybody else mm -hmm. does. We we went through basic. I don't know what what you want. (laughs) (laughs) Some battalions were still segregated. Some were more inclusive. There were all white battalions, and there were all black battalions, and then there were mixed battalions. Um, but they didn't mix men and women. Like no, 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 because <laughs> at the time, men, you may find this surprising, men did not like the idea of women being in the military. Stop. I don't believe you. <laughs> it hurts the fragile masculinity. Yeah. No, they- uh, You have to look out for those men. I found a bunch of, like, angry sort of, like- <laughs> What's the word? Propaganda? Again, like written anti, by anti women soldiers, like created by male soldiers. Just trolls from 1942. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Pre internet trolls. Oh my God. And it's been around forever, those trolls. Mm hmm. And it was basically just saying that like women in uniform are going to be considered lesbians and prostitutes and will be treated as such. Because that's the only, only interaction they ever had with women. Basically. <laughs> because they lived in their mom's basement. <laughs> Might have been less common in the 40s, but who knows? <laughs> I love both. Treated as lesbians and prostitutes. Yeah, both. <laughs> Lesbian prostitutes, the worst kind. <laughs> the worst kind. Oh, my God. The ones that won't let us pay to sleep with them. <laughs> Slash the ones we can't sleep with. Exactly. Oh, dudes. Right? I almost said, like, oh, never change. And I was like, well, they actually won't, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe they will. But we just got to stop telling them they're not allowed to have emotions, you know? <laughs> so in 1945, the first ever all-black, all-female battalion was sent from the United States. That's It's the first in the, in the world, at least the modern world. Mm-hmm. Because I'm sure they were all black, all female, like in Africa way before this. <laughs> but <laughs> this, you know, America wants to claim we were the first to have an all black, all female <laughs> battalion. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and they were sent to Europe during World War II in 1945. She wasn't in the, Mary wasn't in the battalion. She just no, started it. She just like she gave them the idea for it. Point, right? I was, I was just making sure. Yeah. yeah. I was like, in my mind, I was like, had her in the This is kind of a like, tangent. There too, but, yeah, no, but. this is, she was still getting people equal pay and yeah. voting rights and stuff. But the Our battalion, I, I found it interesting that their task was to go through years worth of abandoned and backlogged mail in Europe. Wow. That had just stopped being delivered during the war. You know what? Interesting. I saw an article about that really recently. Yeah? And I did not connect Mary with that. I did not connect it with the same person. Yeah, they fixed the mail system, right? Mm-hmm. Because there was so much backlog of mail and people hadn't, like soldiers hadn't received mail for years. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. And then Mary's team went in and they sorted it out in like record Fix time. Fixed the mail. Yeah. That's cool. Man, she's the same she's- chick. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Awesome. She is an incredible, so incredible, incredible woman. 
And I'm so happy that I accidentally stumbled upon that Facebook article and yes. did more research. Well, Facebook can be worth something. Facebook can be worth something. You know, I found a lot of my broads from Facebook memes. I, I try to say that every episode when it's the truth. But yeah, people share uplifting stuff too. You just have to hide the bad stuff. <laughs> just you so can't much. give it any attention. You have to scroll past it really fast and you can't like it or comment on it or anything because the second you do, it's logged into your account and then Facebook's like, well, you're going to like things like this. Thing. Like you can't hide and snooze people. Which that I too. Do quite a lot now. Oh, I've snoozed so many people. <laughs> so many people. And then after the 30 days, I'm like, what is this person doing here? Oh, yeah. Sure, you snooze them. <laughs> um, but I never snooze the people who post great, great lady stuff. Same. So. I didn't I even know snooze was a thing. There's like speaking a foreign language to me. It's like Social when you don't want to fully unfriend somebody, but you don't want to see the shit that they post. Yeah, because if you unfriend them, then they're going to notice and they're going to be like, what the fuck, dude? Or if they're like a professional contact that you're like, you want to be polite with, or you don't want to like not be mad every time you see them in like in real life. Mm-hmm. Just snooze the things they post. <laughs> so you don't have to. I mean, just don't want to know. That's just don't want to know. Just a polite shutting out. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And they have no idea. They may they may sure. notice that you're like not liking their stuff anymore, but probably not. I'm pretty sure I'm, a bunch of my friends have snoozed me too, I feel like. <laughs> this is a great Hello. time for me. All that war and stuff you keep posting. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, Sam snoozed me. You didn't know what Sam didn't know what snoozing was, was but she snoozed you. <laughs> on Facebook. I'm not. You're not a Facebooker. <laughs> no, she's not on social media very much at all. I'm trying. I'm trying. Mary, man. So yeah, that's Mary McLeod Bethune. Mary McLeod Bethune. What a cool chick. I'm glad we learned about her. Amazing. She did so much. She really, I do really, I stand by my earlier statement. She really was the Stacey Abrams of her time. Love that. I love it too. What a way to go out. <laughs> yeah, Stacey Abrams. She's killing it. Thank you for listening. If you want to support the show, leave us a review on iTunes or tell a friend about the show. You can always reach out to us on Instagram with any broads that you think we should cover on a future episode or to tell us anything that we may have gotten wrong. Happens. That is at broads you should know. Or email us at broadsyoushouldknow at gmail.com. You can head to our website, broadsyoushouldknow.com, to find more information about all of the broads we've covered on this show and find all of our sources. And we will be back next week to tell you all about another broad that you should know.